Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and then every kick. The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 60th episode of the podcast on April 4th, 2014. Oh, getting old? Almost like close to senior citizen level? Well, you know, who knows? It's like, better retire now for a few years. Who knows when? That's true. I mean, we're almost getting to a couple years of this podcast, and it's, it's just starting to show you how the episodes rack up, especially when you do them weekly during the football season, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But happy uh, April Fool's Day, belated, I know. How did you enjoy the the prank day? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, the internet usually does a pretty good job with it, and uh, I I don't know, like, I didn't really see as many, like... Uh, fake sports related articles yeah. but you know I saw like plenty of video games you know like people announcing things and and you know people an- announcing real things on April Fools Day which really throws me off it <laughs> like, really does it's it's always so awkward um you know do you take them seriously do you call them out on it if it is such heavy news like I talk I, about I it. usually have to do some kind of search on it <laughs> just yeah. in case so um but you know generally on April Fools Day you, like because we have that or not, I feel like come to expect like lots of fake things for your entertainment and uh, but usually if it's if I'm doubting it, I I kind of do like a little search thing and I was like, wouldn't that have been funny if Facebook announced the Oculus Rift thing like right. on April Fool's Day? Like any big thing, any kind of acquisition of a company, anything like that, is just a strange day to do it. I think. I don't yeah, know. And just in general, also, if you work in, you know, a company that breaks news and, like, why do you plan anything from April Fool's Day? Like, do you think people are going to take it seriously? If anything, it's, do it on April 2nd, people will take it extra serious. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, because you just you waited that extra day. Yeah. Or even personal things, you know, cross-reference shows in the Show Me News Network. I mentioned something, like, pretty depressing mm-hmm. on Show Me News, like, with having with, you know, someone that I know. And, like, it turns out, like, that actually did happen. Oh, you, you, like, Facebook statuses. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. personal news and, like, real things. And so if you listen I, yeah, to Show Me I, Your I News, you know, the, what I'm, you know what I'm referring to. I saw to, a but... fake breakup one, and I was like, oh, guys, stop. Mm. Like, I, mm. no. <laughs> I can't take that. Stop. Yeah, because you just don't know, like, if it really happened. It's just, you know, the cruel timing of the day. I don't know. I think we're getting into too much about April Fool's Day. <laughs> Let's get into sports stories. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, you know, we got some quick hits though. You know, some recent uh, stories that have happened. Uh, first one, I actually forgot to put on the outline here. You know, Deshaun Jackson. A lot has happened with the oh, his yeah. release from the Philadelphia Eagles. Some talk about it maybe being gang related. He has you know connections in L.A. But you know, he threw up a crip sign, and maybe the Eagles were scared off by that. You know, some reports that. He just isn't a team player in the locker room, and you have some Eagles players who are glad he's gone, but he was gone and signed with the Washington Redskins. Yeah, Um, and I mean, that's quite a player to try and replace, especially when you, you know, uh, you know, your quarterback played great last year, but I mean, he's losing a huge weapon Mm -hmm. 
And, like, I, I think it was somebody that he could, like, rely on, you know, to go out and get the ball. And it'll be interesting to see if the Eagles offense takes a step forward or or what exactly. But, I mean, you know, their coach is an offensive mind. Yeah, it'll so. be another year in Chip Kelly's system. And, I don't know, the Redskins, you know, going to the division rival, that's always a little questionable, though it's happened in the NFC North with a couple moves with uh, Jared Allen to the Bears and Julius mm-hmm. Peppers to the Packers. Like, those are both in-division moves, which is just always kind of strikes you as strange. But the Redskins, that's a team that when they've you know picked up free agents or tried to add to their team in that way, it's never seemed to work out. No. But, you know, if RG3 is back to full steam, if he does have a weapon like Deshaun Jackson, like there is the slight chance that, you know, it could, that offense could just take off. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we could say we're not the only ones that really messed up on our Redskins predictions last year because uh, they just, yeah. I mean, that's about as awful as you can start off the year. That but, was an implosion. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, also in the sports world, the Mets' second baseman, as you know, the baseball season started, Daniel Murphy of the New York Mets. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been criticized for missing the first couple games, and why was he gone, Joel? Oh, well, he was on paternal leave because his, you know, wife just had her baby. Yeah. And uh, usually you don't hear that and criticized in the same sentence. It is Um, the New York media market, though, and it is sports radio there. I mean, the Mets did lose both games, which does, you know, fuel that. But still, I know you got to say things to get ratings and you got to say things that are sometimes controversial, especially Mm -hmm. in, you know that media market but have some common sense about it like show some empathy you know yeah and and uh, you know for any of those that are arguing about you know you know them losing the games how often does you know a loss or two this early at the beginning of the season really determine what happens for the rest of the season it it doesn't i i can tell you as a Pirates fan, <laughs> means <laughs> nothing because I've seen them win many, you know, season openers and then go on to have horrible seasons. So, also, let's be honest: it's a second baseman. If the second <laughs> yeah. baseman is determining the outcome of your team's games, like really <laughs> making an impact, your team is not that good, and uh, they're going to be losing a lot of games. And yeah, and then you know, the other comments that that were made just uh, like. I don't even know if I want to mention them. It's just uh, it's, like very arrogant and just. Yeah, dumb. you're gonna, you're going to decide what his wife should do with. <sighs> yeah, I just no, no. Kudos, to Daniel Murphy. You made the right decision. Yeah, be a family man. Be like Guile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's probably like the best advice you'll ever get from a Street Fighter character. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers over in the NBA. They also tied. The NBA record for consecutive losses, and actually, it's you know the I think the North American Pro Sports record as well, with twenty six straight losses. That's impressive. Uh, this is a team that <laughs> is not ready for a professional. They trade away Evan Turner, who was you know one of their best players, the Ohio State graduate from a few years ago. Traded him to Indiana. I think he went to Indiana. I may be mistaken on that one. They traded him away. They don't have much of a roster left. They lose a bunch of games. And then they blow out the Detroit Pistons at <laughs> home by like 25 points. It's a record for, you know, a team that had you know that long of a losing streak to win by that many. And I'll tell you, here in Detroit, like, that's not <laughs> surprising. That team is also bad. 
but they try to win games and like there's there's a movement here for saving the pick because mm-hmm. if the Detroit Pistons and here I'm injecting some Michigan you know hometown knowledge here I suppose mm-hmm. if the Detroit Pistons get with one of the uh, the top 8 lottery picks you know just as far as their positioning before the actual lottery then they get to keep the pick then they get to you know draft someone in a very deep class to maybe help turn their franchise around. You know, GM Do- Joe <laughs> GM Joe Dumars, as I can actually say words, uh, is probably gone at the end of the year. They have an interim coach after they fired Maurice Cheeks after 50-ish games. Yeah. Th- that is a team that was recently voted, you know, the worst uh, legal, not legal, front office, the worst front office in the league. There's <laughs> the, the league connection there. Um, it's, a, it's a dreadful team, but if they don't, get in those top eight picks, they lose the pick. It's part of the trade that they uh, made with Charlotte and Ben Gordon and all that stuff when they made that deal. So not surprising that is Detroit that, you know, broke that losing streak for Philadelphia. But in that fashion, it was, it was messed up. I I feel like they should, um, like get some help from, um, the maybe like the Red Wings or the Tigers or something. Well, I mean, the like, Red Wings are, are in some struggles. They're clinging on to a playoff spot. Still, it's better. Like, yeah, it is better. I but, mean, I mean there's the history of success. Like it just seems like there's more currently right there than. Right, right, and it used to be a very good team with oh you know, yeah 2004 definitely. championship, but uh, that that team has been very bad for the last several years. And as someone who lives right by the palace like i'm two to three miles away from where the pistons play their home basketball games that stadium is empty we haven't gone my brother and i have not gone to a game despite living near there for the past three or four years Hmm. it's it's embarrassing it's bad it's really Hmm. and in the nhl you're speaking of the the red wings Mm -hmm. they are trying to cling on to that one of the last couple playoff spots the nhl is doing things differently this year and how they structure their playoff alignment. So they do the top... Well, they have, you know, four divisions overall, two per conference. They take the top three in each and then two wild cards to Hmm. fill out the eight. So you have, you know, eight playoffs. And then how they break that down in the matchups, it's also changed. It's also different. But for the purposes of, you know, there are five or six games per team left in the regular season, so we're going down the stretch. And right now, it's uh, it's getting pretty close with, mm-hmm. let's see, you have uh, Boston, Boston, Pittsburgh, who are doing very well. Uh, Montreal at Tampa Bay, also up there in points. Then the Rangers and the Flyers are also there. And right now, Detroit Red Wings and Columbus Blue Jackets have the two Wild card spots and Toronto's right behind Columbus, a point back. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, in the West, it's St. Louis, Anaheim, San Jose, Colorado, Chicago, Los Angeles, and then Minnesota and Dallas. Dallas currently tied with Phoenix, but, you know, just partial points ahead. Uh, after that, it, it's not too close for the next teams behind, uh, yeah. but you know, anything can happen. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how that all breaks down. It's it's a different year with all the realignment for the NHL and yeah, that and like actually a full season and oh yeah, that's too. <laughs> so I'm sure that there was like kind of an adjustment thing for 
for everybody to kind of get back to that again. But right. yeah, the the realignment itself is probably makes things a lot different. Very impressive with what what uh, Boston and St. Louis are doing at the top mm-hmm. of their division. One hundred eleven points. That's with a lot. <laughs> so many games left to go. Uh, so they have, I think have four. No, five. Five games left to go for mm-hmm. each of those teams, or for Boston at least. And uh, yeah. St. Louis has an extra one there. But let's get into the red zone, Joel. The three biggest sports stories in the past couple of weeks. And why don't you start this one off? This one I think I you know, hit a little closer to home for you. Yeah. Um, actually, the other day, um, my, I believe that uh, um, I Mazel had uh, he had. Um, our athletic director on to talk about it. Interesting. Um, yeah, on the college uh, football sports podcast. Um, well, over at Northwestern University, um, the they've kind of they they did like a what is it like a vote? I don't know. They're going to do a vote. Basically, the um, the district of National Labor Regulations Board ruled on Wednesday. That the Northwestern football players qualify as athletes of the university and can unionize. So basically, now they're going to be able to vote if they want to unionize, like the whole team. Right. Um, so they got the clearance to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, unionized, they would be considered employees. Exactly. Of the school. Instead of student athletes, right. which is you know the term that we basically use to describe them. Um, and you know, uh, I'm trying to think what's his name. I just read it a little bit earlier. King Coulter. For, yeah. Former, uh, Wildcats quarterback, yeah. King Coulter, um, and the United Steelworkers Union are the one that kind of really back this. And, um, I believe that like all the, the funding for the legal stuff was from the United Steelworkers Union, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, after the the ruling and everything, you know, he, he went on Twitter and he said, this is, you know, big wooden for college athletes everywhere. Um, um, you know, kind of like a, a movement forward. But then, um, you know, you have the reactions from Northwestern, uh, the Big Ten, SEC, um, you know, all schools across the country and um, the NCAA, it just... Talking about how you know they respect the the process that they went through to do this, but they do not agree at all with it. Right. I mean, they're they're currently going to be appealing. Northwestern mm-hmm. University is going to. Um, it's important to note that you know while he says you know this is a big step and all that, this is going to be a very long process. Mm-hmm. All things that are in the legal system are going to be. Nothing is expedited, really. And it's also important to note that this is, you know, a going to be a case-by-case basis. Um, starting out with private schools, like Northwestern is. Just because Northwestern got this, you know, ability to be able to have, you know, the ability to become a union put up to a vote... That doesn't mean that every state school gets this option. This is the Chicago district of the National Labor Relations Board mm-hmm. that cleared them for this. The standard that would be set here would be applied 
to other private schools. Mm -hmm. Stanford, Notre Dame, Duke, other schools of this sort. You're not going to have the University of West Virginia. You're not going to have the University of Michigan apply to the same rules. Those would be on a state-by-state basis. You have to get that clearance. So it may be possible that over time, as one domino falls, the rest may fall in line. However, with the kind of seismic shift that this may bring about to the establishment of the NCAA, I don't think that'll necessarily be the case. I mean, what do you think about the idea that football players are employees of the university? Um, well, like, so the other question was, does it, does it impact, um, you know, the other athletes at the school? It's a very big question. And, um, like when they were making their statements and stuff, it seems like they're trying to say, you know, all student athletes, uh, that kind of thing. And, um, I don't, the thing that I thought was interesting because like, I don't know if I just hadn't seen it before or, or, or what, but like the comment from Mark Emmert, the NCAA president, about um, having like a $2,000 per person stipend for um, college athletes, like to help out with their extra expenses and stuff. And, you know, possible like paying for medical, sports related medical expenses, that kind of thing. Right. Like, I don't know if I just ne- hadn't heard that before. Or, or what? Like it wasn't all too publicized because uh, he's mostly speaking in hypotheticals. I mean, it's not like something that they're tabling right now. That would be yeah, you know, a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, the way that I look at it, I consider you know everybody a student, a person that's a student at a university, a student, and I don't really consider them anything else. You can get a job, obviously, like they can't because their time is consumed you can get a job and work for the university while still being a student you know like i'm sure we've all done that before but you know if you're not working in a job for the university then you're not an employee of the university i mean that's how i've always looked at it and like I, i i really don't you know see that kind of definition changing anytime soon, you know, as like a widespread thing. Um, and I don't know. It's just like you, you have to consider if things like this do happen, like what kind of taxes are they going to have to pay for the amount of money that they're getting? Um, that, that would be a crazy amount of money that the universities would have to cover. Like, I can't even think of how they would pay for it. Um, and and so like it's like even if you do get all this stuff passed like how in the world is it even going to work like i i don't know i i think that you know the some of the rules that the NCAA have about student athletes are kind of crazy because i've had friends that have been athletes for schools and they couldn't even fill out brackets hmm. for because there was money involved yeah you know that kind of thing and I think like that kind of stuff's crazy, but uh, I mean it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's like you can't get free stuff. Basically, the only free stuff you can get are the things that your team is given through going to events and stuff. You know, we talked about the bowl games. Yep. And how they get they get gifts. 
for that kind of thing. So, I mean, you it's like, uh, you know, you're, you're committing a ton of time, so it's almost like it's a job, but you are getting paid in return. You're, you're getting your, your education paid for. As someone who was a student athlete, not for a university, but you did, you know, play sports, you know, through school, particularly in football. Mm-hmm. Do you like this news? Are you in favor of the decision that, you know, these Northwestern students led by former quarterback Kane Coulter, do you like what they're doing? I just think that um, they're they're trying to address some of the problems that they have with the rules that the NCAA has. That some of the rules that again I think are kind of ridiculous um, through the like one of the means that they know how to do and I don't necessarily think it's the right way to do it, but it's you know it's just one of the ways that they found out to do it. And I think that they kind of have the right idea as far as what they want to do, like. But I don't think it's the right process. Like I, I just don't. I don't really know what will actually come of it. I think you're spot on with how I see it, but I think I'll take it a next step further. Mm-hmm. These students, these players they are not employees of the university i understand the time constraints that they are put under and that's part of your the decision to play football at the same time you are also if these are you know for scholarship athletes that they're claiming you know what scholarship means that means you're getting paid for a free education that is your fee. That's what you're essentially getting paid to do. And I know it's it does make you know the extra living expenses very difficult. I think they are in the right in challenging the system because the NCAA has some messed up rules, not just with you know, what you were saying with things that they're expected to receive, just it's the amateurism that I think has to go. I think that is the big issue because you have, especially with football, and there is talk about, oh, the universities are making so much money and then the coaches are making so much money. Uh, even with, in the case, uh, we'll get to you know college basketball later, but the shot that, uh, you know, Kentucky made, that, that three-point shot, made so much money for John Calipari in bonuses and so much money for the athletic director in bonuses, but yet he can't see a single cent of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the system that's wrong. You can keep the student athletes part, but something about the distribution of the money has to change. And I think there's a greediness afoot with the NCAA But to become an employee of the university, you're going to open yourself to so many more difficulties and challenges than just saying, oh, well, we can get paid now. Like, would the university have the right to revoke, you know, paying for their scholarships? Okay, you're making the money now. Why don't you pay for school? Why why would you leave school, too? If If you're getting paid and it's getting paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, you've essentially already made it. You've, yeah, so- you've, you've, you know, got out of college, you've got recruited by a big school and you're getting paid to go to school and you're making money. You're, a, you're kind of a professional football player at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, you know, why aspire to do anything else? Because when you're an employee, the employer has other rights that they can control over you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what they may be overlooking here. If they're just looking for this as a way to get paid because the system is unfair and they found a way to use that, I don't necessarily think they're thinking through when they think through the logic of, yeah, become an employee of the university. As you also mentioned, football is not the only sport that is exempt to this. Mm -hmm. And it's not just basketball either. It's any other sport. Where is the line drawn? Not just men. Women as well. Anything. You know with Title IX that if something like this passes, you're going to have to see it on the other side of the sex line. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to happen. So, yes, I think there's... It's a long process that we really do not know a lot of what's planned now. And I think there's an uphill battle for both sides, you know, for the students and for the university. But while I think that there needs to be a lot to change about the NCAA, I think this is the wrong way to go about it. Because defining yourself as an employee of the school, while, you know, the argument may be well-reasoned and argued about how much time this you know the athletes are giving you know of their own free time you're still a student yeah when you're a scholarship athlete the school is paying for your education and i think that value is being over you know overlooked and i also it's... think the uh, the freedoms that you have by not being an employee are also being overlooked 3 years 4 years 5 years 6 years that think about like the out of state tuition for some of these people that are getting paid yeah. for it is that is a lot of money that is like a ton of money oh like, yeah and i don't think they even realize how much it is because it's it's paid for absolutely absolutely so we make the play here in our predictive element of the show one year later will we have more player unions than just northwestern mm. I know it's a really difficult question, and it's <laughs> I, <laughs> there could be even more difficult questions to ask. I, I don't. I'll say no, um, just because I think it's good. It, 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 like you were saying, it, it it takes such a long time to to get through these processes that um, you know it'll probably be a few years before you're seeing like you know even if even if there is another one made, nothing's going to come of it for over a year, over two years, that kind of thing. So. I agree. I, I'll go with that as well. But not only that, I think something else has has to give. I think there has to be some other solution. You know, just you know, thinking about it from my perspective, I understand the plight of the players. I do. It's an unfair system that they're against, especially when you have the more high-profile athletes that their likeness is is being advertised everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, like. For how big college athletics can get, they can't see anything. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I so mean, do something else about yeah. it. So uh, that's why I'll, I'll go with no. But if something does come of this, this is you know the first step in that process, and it, it could be historic. Mm-hmm. At the ten yard line here, Major League Baseball began their 2014 season, although. Opening day, that word as that phrase rather, mm-hmm. has kind of been sullied 
<laughs> when, when you really think about it, the big opening day of March 31st, well, you know, just earlier this week, it's technically like the third opening day yeah. of this. Like, it, <laughs> that has the potential to be one of the great sports days of the year. And, you know, for living in the metro Detroit area, Detroit treats opening day like it's a goddamn holiday. It's crazy. <laughs> like, people take off work. They go downtown. They have barbecues. They have campouts. It's almost like pre-gaming for a football game. But it's for you the know, start of the I mean, baseball it, season. If the weather is, like, really nice, can't really blame them. Because oh, yeah. it seems like it's right on the... I mean, this year, it, it fell on, like, a perfect day weather-wise, at least mm. here and a lot of the other places that you know there were actual games going on it seemed like you know because we've been in this winter apocalypse oh yeah and uh it just seemed like it was one of the first real days you could just really be outside it was amazing (laughs) weather here as well and a lot of people see it as the start of the spring and Mm -hmm. you know for detroit it's definitely a big deal but i know other places it's important as well (laughs) and baseball has so much potential to make it just you know, there. How can I put it? There have been people who have pushed for opening day to be considered a national <laughs> holiday that everyone could take off. But baseball shoots themselves in their own foot when they have oh, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks open the season in Australia, mate. <laughs> or they have Sunday night baseball technically kick it off. Oh, but then on Monday night. All the teams play. Some start on Tuesday. That's moronic. Bud Selig, get it together. Anyway, we're a few games into the season, and because you know this is the first episode we've had, you know, in that proximity, we might as well give our season predictions. Yeah. Which who who knows? This is true. Even close because it's a long season, but. Um. Yeah, definitely. Gosh, last year we both <laughs> said, and this is you know with our season predictions, as those who listen to the show know, you know we give our predictions separately of each other. We don't trade notes before we record. It's more almost like revealing it to each other, as well as you all. Mm-hmm. So when we do things like, you know, we picked the Super Bowl matchup of Denver and Seattle, which we were both right. But Joel picked Seattle correctly, where I had Denver at the beginning of the NFL season. Or last year for baseball, we predict we t- predicted that both uh, that the Tigers would beat the Nationals in the World Series, and that did not even remotely <laughs> happen. You know, we we do sometimes tend to think alike, but you know, we never really consult about it with each yeah, other. Yeah, and I so. mean, like, so you know, sometimes we're we're close, but then like, I, I mean. We'll talk about here in a second the, the final four this year. Like, we, <laughs> we, I don't know many people that got that right or will get that right. So that's true. You know, except if you live in a couple specific areas of the country and you're and you're, and you're very homer. biased, you're picking the homer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, certainly AL East. You know, picking the different you know divisions and who we like in that uh, American League East. You have the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, Toronto Blue Jays, and Baltimore Orioles. Now, the Orioles have been, you know, one of the hotter teams the past couple seasons, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't see them doing as well. Yeah, I mean, last year they were kind of carried by Chris Davis and that remarkable season he had that you know stopped Miguel Cabrera of getting a second consecutive triple crown. 
Um, and I'll see that carrying them. Also, Toronto was a big uh, you know, fan favorite last year to make a World Series run with all the acquisitions that they had. They're actually healthy this year. I think they'll do better than they did last year. Boston is your defending World Series champions. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big one. They have a very strong you know, team that's coming back. Tampa Bay, can't forget them. And then New York Yankees, uh, they missed the playoffs last year. They spent a truckload of money. And the last time they did something like that, they won the World Series that year in 2009. Yeah. So it's either they'll win the World Series or they'll be the most disappointing team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and so far it's it's been a pretty disappointing start of the season. Now, you know, the big narrative this season for the Yankees last year, it was the Mariano Rivera retirement ride the whole year. And this year mm-hmm. it's going to be the same thing with Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is going to go yep. around to different places. He's going to get different gifts. And I don't know why it just applies to New York Yankees, but, you know... <laughs> Well, what can you do? He is someone who does deserve it. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Exactly, yeah. Who do you think comes out of the East, though? <clears throat> well, at first, I was thinking about maybe, like, the Rays. Um, but, um, I don't know. I like. I just feel like I got to go with the defending champs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they've got that, like, really recent experience. They were just playing amazing at the end of the season last year like just didn't matter who was pitching they could hit the ball uh as as we go back to when they were playing detroit and detroit almost pitching perfect games against them and just somehow mm-hmm. you know yeah no i i, I agree <laughs> and that hurts <laughs> yeah i just feel like i i don't know like I, I was thinking about the Rays there for a little bit, but I feel like I'm still going to stick with the ones who want it all. Yeah, I'm shipping out to Boston as well. Um, very strong team coming back, very similar to last year. Grady Sizemore in center mm-hmm. field, a you know, player who was one of the best young players in the league at one time when he was with Cleveland. A lot of injuries, sideline him, but he's back. Um, I think it part of it is... Koji Uehara, mm-hmm. that is a dynamic closer, one of the best, you know, up there with Craig Krim- <laughs> Craig Kimbrell. That's almost a tongue twister there <laughs> for the Braves as you know one of the best closers in the league. And it's still a very strong, very strong rotation with Lester, Lackey, <laughs> Peavy, Buckholtz, and uh, who was the pitcher that was injured? He used to be with the Cubs. Um... Oh man, his name is blanking on me. Uh, but you know, he was right there with them as well. And I think it's, it's one of the best rotations in the league. Yeah. And I, I'm going to go with the Boston Red Sox as well. Though I think the Rays are up there too. And I, I don't see you – know, the Yankees did draft – not draft. They paid for. Huh? <laughs> they paid for all of that you know, talent uh, with Jacoby Ellsbury and with Carlos Beltran. And you know, Teixeira's back healthy and Brian McCann. But I don't think it's enough. And yeah. I think, you know, the Rays are still a very strong team. I think they take the wild card, one of the two. Yeah, I mean, like, that's definitely what I was leaning towards. At first, I was just like, uh, but then I thought about it. I was like, man, I just remember last year, the Red Sox just kind of, like, caught fire. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they'll be a very good team this year. Mm-hmm. Over in the Central, it's the Detroit Tigers, Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Indians. The Chicago White Sox and the Minnesota Twins. 
Um, gosh, it's she's from the hometown perspective here in the Metro Detroit area. This is one of the first years in a couple of years where Detroit hasn't had the lofty expectations. It's been a very bad off season for them. Mm-hmm. Just not good at all. But here they are <laughs> as the last undefeated team three to four games in. Uh, they had a very strong showing on offense today against Baltimore. And you do have Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer mm-hmm. and Anibal Sanchez. Uh, they did trade away Doug Fister to Washington. But there are some problems. They did lose Jose Iglesias there you know, standout defensive shortstop, which really could have helped them. They don't have much of a left fielder. Left fielder is going to be play it by ear. The bullpen, which is always a big deal, it's going to be kind of play it by ear. Um, I still think they win the division because it's not that strong of a division. Mm-hmm. I think Kansas City, <clears throat> you know, plays better. I think they just barely missed the wild card. But I think they play better. I think they get second. But it's going to be a closer division race than it has been in years past. I think Detroit does get that central division championship, though. It's just Miguel Cabrera, you know, I don't think, even though he did sign for, oh, that's another thing you could have mentioned, signed for the richest contract in MLB history, an yeah. eight-year extension on his two years that he had left, so it's 10 years and $292 million. And there's... Like, you know, there's- Possible like bonuses and stuff, even. That. Yeah, I, I think it's a deal that Tigers are going to regret in the back half of mm-hmm. the deal, but uh, he absolutely deserves it. I mean, he's, oh no, yeah, he's the he's the best. I mean, <laughs> he is, he is. Um, yeah, um, you know, I think you know, even without Doug Fister, Prince Fielder, um, I, I still think that there's like a good group around Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like I definitely, I look at that whole division, I just kind of think. I don't really know who's going to beat him out for that top spot. I, like I can't think of it off the top of my head. So, yeah, Cleveland has you know started the year hot sometimes, but they've lost pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be as good. Chicago is not that good. Minnesota, is pretty bad. It's not a strong division. Yeah, and you know, for Kansas City, it's part of the narrative where like they have you know. A great farm system, a great you know young talent. When's it going to turn around? I don't know. Take advantage of it. They haven't won a game yet this year, so they they got to start sometime. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I think it's. I think it's becoming like a thing with Detroit. It's like when are they going to like take the next step? Like I I feel like every year it's like even if it doesn't look like they're going to have a good year, somehow they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to. Usually they're gonna like win their division or something, and then are they gonna, you know, are they gonna get, are they gonna get there again? Are they gonna? The window is slowly closing, so we will see. Over in the AL West, which is the Oakland Athletics, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, <laughs> Texas Rangers, Seattle Mariners, and Houston Astros. Uh, forget Houston. They're they're awful. Seattle, I think, will be better, but I don't think they'll be, you know, that good compared to the rest of the division talent. The Angels have to have a better season than last year. Uh, that is so disappointing. 
you have Pujols, you have Hamilton, you have Mike Trout, who you just signed to a big deal. That's got to turn around sometime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that you know, the crop of the vision is, I think Texas gets a wild card. I think Prince Fielder has a big year in that very small ballpark, and he's you know trimmed down, much to the chagrin of you know Tigers fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think he does has a very good season hitting in that park, but I think Oakland continues to be a very strong team. I mean, this is a team that has won that division pretty regularly, and they've lost nothing, as far as I know. Uh, I think you know the A's are a, a strong contender this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like. Definitely looking at the other teams, and I'm not really too sure about them, but I feel like, you know, the A's that they gotta have a better season. Um, and uh, let's see, you know, Mike, Mike Trout that doesn't hurt your cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, if uh, like you know, if Albert Pools can have a better year, um, that definitely will help. Um, uh, it's it just seems like uh at least of the teams that there are to pick from like i don't really know how i can't go with them like i, I feel like uh I'll, you'll definitely see them in the playoffs i <laughs> I, it, I think they're going to win their division who's this los angeles angels uh, oh the angels wow mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's what we thought last year and then it was rather disappointing yeah, we'll see. I let's with their uh, let me see their starting rotation right now because it doesn't you know jump off. I mean, they probably have yeah Wilson uh, and Jared Weaver too. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big one. Yeah, and the the pitching should be a lot better, and that's also been what has been the disappointment in you know past seasons. Yeah, this, this should be a team that Who's does the, really well. I'm trying to think, Tyler Skaggs. Yeah, he's there. Okay, that's. Uh, mm-hmm. Over in the National League, the NL East, it's the Atlanta Braves, Washington Nationals, Philadelphia mm-hmm. Phillies, New York Mets, and Miami Marlins. I'm taking Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is a young team that has already proven themselves in past years. Washington, I think, is up there for a wild card. I think they get that. Uh, but the Atlanta Braves, that that's a team that's going places. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I think I, I'll stick with the Nationals. Um, but, uh, like, you know, the Braves, I think, will definitely still make the playoffs. Um, and, again, I wouldn't be surprised if it's switched around. But um, I think both those teams are making the playoffs. Um, I think I'll still stick with the Nationals to win the division. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like the position players on the Braves and mm-hmm. and Craig Kimbrell. Uh you know, when you have a good bullpen like they seem to have, that's that'll that'll help you in you know late runs. And I mean, yeah, they they have Fister now. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, you got um, like Steven Strasburg, you know, it's starting yeah, rotation. Yeah. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, Zimmerman. Yeah, I just and Bryce Harper, you know, always had you know surprised the past couple seasons. So Anthony Rendon. Yeah, he's their second yeah. baseman. 
Yeah, it's still a good team. Don't get me wrong. I, I just think I think Atlanta's taking that division. Now, Central is uh, for the NL is important to you. That's where you have the St. Louis Cardinals, your Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, mm-hmm. Milwaukee Brewers, Cincinnati Reds, and Chicago Cubs. What do you think on that one? Um, I'm thinking um, probably the Cardinals. That's usually a safe bet. <laughs> Um, to win the division, I I think the Pirates could still make a wild card. Um, like I wouldn't be surprised if there's you know they kind of take a step back, but I still think that they can make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Liriano's the ace, and that's a surprise. I remember him being with the Twins, mm-hmm. uh, but McCutcheon, you gotta like how he's playing. Mm-hmm. Sterling Marte. I think that the Pirates are a good team, but like you, I think I'm going to have to take the Cardinals. That's just a team that always seems to put it together, and especially with Mike Matheny, the first-year manager last year, with what he did with that team to bring them to the World Series. Uh, very, very impressive. Yeah, I, I, and I think Cincinnati's getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get... Yeah, Cincinnati will do better, but I don't think I give... A wild card position in the central. I'll mm-hmm. have St. Louis winning the central, though. Uh, in the West, it's Los Angeles Dodgers, San Francisco Giants, San Diego Padres, Colorado Rockies, and Arizona Diamondbacks, who took the 0 2 losing end down under. I will take the Dodgers in this one. It is the you know Vegas favorite right now, you know, to win the World Series. The LA Dodgers, they spent a lot of money. Um, and you do have the start of that rotation with Clayton Kershaw, the, I think, two-time defending, at least defending, you know, Cy Young winner. Uh, very good team. They got to figure out that stuff with Yasiel Puig, though, mm-hmm. uh, because he is having personality conflicts and clashes with with uh, with that team. But you know, Carl Crawford, Andre Ethier, Hanley Ramirez, Juan Uribe, uh, you know, Gonzalez at first. And then, you know, Granky, Dan Heron. It's a very, very good team. Though Brian Wilson, uh, you know, putting him in the bullpen, he's got some kinks to work out. Hmm. <clears throat> very, very good team there. And I'm going to take uh, San Francisco to get the wild card there. I, I think getting Buster Posey back helps them a lot with, you know, last year him breaking his leg. You can't predict stuff like that. And that, I think that speaks for all teams. You can't predict, you know, crazy injuries and things like that. But, you know, that was a very good team a couple years ago with him. And you still have a very strong rotation with Bumgarner, Kane, Hudson, Lincecum, Vogelsong. That's a good rotation in the mm-hmm. Giants. Mm, I think I'm going to have to go with the Dodgers, too. Um, let's see. Um. Uh, my na- names, jeez, can't think of them. Um. Who, who are you blanking on? What position? Uh, uh. I can't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely gonna stick with the Dodgers, and I think you know maybe the Rockies get in. Oh, the wild card. That's my that's my wild card prediction. 
All right. Well, you and have wild, wild, wild cards. You have wild cards in each division. You got. You can only have two. Oh shoot! Did I? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you you Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and Colorado. Who's the one out? Uh, I guess I'll take Colorado out. Okay. Well, <laughs> you you have them. You're bouncing back for a good year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Definitely. All right, that's that's ballsy. Don't be surprised if they get in. We like the the ballsy picks on his show. <laughs> uh, but our big prediction: we make the play. Who makes the World Series, and who wins it? Um, let's see. Do 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 do. do. Where did I put it? Um, I think the Tigers are gonna make it. No, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um let's see. Did I write down another team? Um I don't, I don't know if it's just like the flaw of like being in the hometown area, but like you just see more of the flaws more up and then maybe you don't realize like if they are really good. I don't know. I don't know what it is with that. Um shoot. I'm gonna write down another team. Um Alright. The Tigers versus the Nationals. Oh, you're repeating the pick. Yep. 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 And who wins? Uh, the Nationals. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, you better not have the Tigers <laughs> winning the World Series. Because then it's definitely not going to happen. I'll say... Mm, maybe that Nationals way. in... Mm, I want to say seven, but I think it's going to be six. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad to say that our picks are very different. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. I do not have the Tigers going to the World Series, nor the Nationals. But I have Oakland coming out of the American League. I think they've been there, right there along with the Tigers for just you know, several years. And I think this year they break through. And I also have the Atlanta Braves. Coming out of the National League, and I'll have the Braves beating the Athletics in five games. All right, high on the Braves. I am high on the Braves, and then Kirby Chu is listening in Georgia, and he's like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> don't. Oh, I don't say that." But March has concluded, so we go to the five-yard line, and that means. The madness has descended upon us, and it's mostly run its course. But as we enter this weekend, it is the final four that have been decided. And it's been quite the tournament, Joel. It's been one of those. <laughs> I know you were uh. excited to watch the madness unfold, all the upsets ensue. I acted... You know the same way in my bracket that I usually do, and yeah, you know, we made our our picks last episode, and I was having some whiskey along with it. But yet, I stuck to what always seems to happen with my brackets. I have a great first round. I pick those first games rather well, mm-hmm. but then it all goes to hell. Like <laughs> as it continues, it just takes a plummet let it be documented on this show and with the last episode Mm -hmm. you can check the books that first day of the tournament 
and I was texting back and forth with you. I went sixteen and zero. Yeah, you did in my predictions. The next day, with the second half of that first, or, or sorry, second round, because they they make that distinction, which is stupid. I I miss I miss some games. I mean, starting with that Duke and Mercer game, which was a great game. Mm-hmm. But it, I kind of broke it open. I lost the, the billion dollars or whatever. I, that's definitely one that I think we should have saw for some reason. Like, I, I, it just seemed like... Uh, All the veterans, it was, the seniors. Yeah, it was just, yeah. like, way too obvious. Uh, and, like, I didn't think Duke had a particularly strong team, like, this year. I mean, it was the first year in a long time that they didn't have one or two seeds, so... There, there's definitely a difference between the teams. I mean, and, hindsight is always twenty twenty. You can talk tell that to Roddy White, who had you know said Duke is going all the way, whatever. One of his Twitter followers challenged him on that, saying, you know, I think Merce is going to beat your Duke team, and he's like, I'll buy you, you know, season tickets for the year right on the fifty yard line front row if that happens. Well, well, it did, and so at least you know Roddy White's a man of his word. He he paid yeah. up then some, you know, Super Bowl tickets. You know, passes to the preseason. You know, meet on the field and those seats. He 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 paid up. Man, it's like it really makes you want to follow him. On yeah, Twitter. there you go. <laughs> to to try these ballsy picks. Now, I mean, I ended up getting like twenty seven out of thirty two in the first mm-hmm. round, which is is pretty good. And you I, know, I was... think you probably enjoyed the the Dayton one more than anybody. Of course. Down goes Ohio State on the plane because I was I was traveling during the first couple rounds, which <laughs> that made it tough to watch some of the games. But you know, seeing that unfold on the plane, that was justice. And someone behind me was apparently a Dayton alum, and she was you know, very very happy. She was you know, calling her friends or you know talking to her friend in the the next seat over, and it's just like. I'm so happy. It's like, I, and no one saw it coming. And I almost want to turn around like, uh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> like a particular Ohio State player, I mean, pretty much lost the game for them because of his, uh, his foul. It was, I think it was like a, is either an offensive foul or it was a, um, technical or something. Or I mean, he, lo- he lost the game against Michigan in the Big Ten tournament too. So it's, it's not surprising. It's all the karma of the world that comes back to Aaron Kraft for the. It's just, the, just like every time they cut, they talk about that game, like they kept cutting back to him, just like laying on the floor, like looking like what just happened. They should have cut back to his terrible shot that he took against Michigan, <laughs> where just flubbed the shot. Now, I mean, honestly, you gotta respect him for you know the kind of defense he plays. He's a very you know, scrappy player, but at the same time, it's a pain. Mm-hmm. He's just a little nuisance, and thank goodness he's moving on, gradually. Um, uh, yeah, I mean that you know that kind of. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of them. You can look at a lot of them and and see the first round. Like I think that's what was kind of surprising about your picks is that a lot of the upsets that you did pick, I mean, happened. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I didn't. They, I didn't they get. They weren't like you know very close seeds together. They weren't just seven and tens and stuff like that. They were twelve and fours and yeah. I mean, I, I got all the twelve and fives. I yeah. got all of those correct. I, I missed Nebraska and Baylor. I mean, Baylor did win that one. Um, guys, I can even open up. And here's the thing with our our show me your news group. So there was just a, a long period of time where I was 
leading that comfortably, and then it just it, it dwindles down. <laughs> I I think that uh, anybody that put a lot of like time into them probably didn't win. Yeah, things because lo- logically looking at the things and looking at the matchups, it it really didn't work out that way. At least most of the way this year. I mean, we only have one one seed left. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's, you know, the overall one seed, um, right. Florida. Um, but interesting enough, you know, we can we can talk about the, the games that are coming up. They are playing the last team to beat them. That's true. And I would not have picked Connecticut to beat Michigan State, but down goes they're, they're just the, playing the darling. At a of, different level, I think. Yeah, it's just Shabazz Napier. I mean, it, it, it is basically him and... Um, Boatwright. I mean, it's those two guys. They they do pretty much everything. That definitely echoes of Kemba Walker in their oh, championship run. Definitely. I mean, they were the eighth best team in the Big East, and they won the national championship. Well, and they and lost dreadfully to Louisville in the AAC tournament. That's Not only so that, it's so weird to say. The time the that AAC. they played before that, they lost by I think forty points to Louisville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. And, of course, when you talk about we both picked Louisville, yeah. um, we, we thought they, they were definitely not a four seed. Um, and, you know, for a while it looked like that. It had closed first game, um, but it was against a team who was very familiar with the way that they play. In-state rivalry, you know. And the coach, the coach worked for that coach. So he was yeah. very – and I believe that uh, – we also say something about that. The Manhattan's coach, um, I think he was going to be hired by South Florida. Yep. And Said that he went to Kentucky. Yeah, and they went and reviewed his transcripts, and <laughs> it didn't happen. And then, and so now he's, I think, on leave at Manhattan. Well, he's at least under investigation. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, talk about the the tournament that Kentucky's had. Going it's, through Wichita State, yeah. going through Louisville, going through Michigan, which they, oh, that, that one hurts. Say, oh man, that one hurts. I would say probably next to UConn, they've had the hardest. Oh, for sure, it's it's the group of death, and they went through three of last year's four Final Four. And I think the thing that's like the saddest thing for me is that. If you haven't watched, if you hadn't watched Wichita State play all year, you don't realize like how fun they are to watch. They are like one of the craziest teams to watch because defensively they're so good, and like I don't know how many times they were playing Kentucky, um, where they would just steal the ball and take it right down the court and score like it like like it was nothing. But Kentucky just had an amazing first half and even better second half against them. And that was, I'd say that was probably one of the best games I've ever seen. Those three games, Kentucky against Wichita State, Kentucky against Louisville, Kentucky against Michigan, all three of those games, if they were national championship games, those would be national championship games that people would be talking about for years. They were fantastic games that, you know, just live up to the hype compared to a normal game. And if those, yeah, if those were your championship games, you'd be very pleased. Like Mm -hmm. the competition each were great, and it's, you know, especially in the Michigan one. That one breaks my heart. I was watching last year. I was out to eat and watching Trey Burke hit that three to tie Kansas and eventually beat them for that run. Uh, that was amazing. But to feel the other end of it, 
Kentucky would not miss from three. In, no, I, I mean in the last half of that. They half. really didn't. And, it was unreal. Um, and the other thing is, I think really the problem was, you know, Michigan unable to build on anything in that first half. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they would have had some kind of lead going into the second half, like a significant lead, I I think they'd win, like no problem. But they, um, what's the name of the player? Um, yes, he just they couldn't keep him in because of the foul trouble, right yeah. in the first half. Mm-hmm. And be, he came in the second half and he really sparked things for them because he's just a terrible matchup for everybody. Yeah, man, I told you at the beginning, like watch out for him. Yeah, and it just seemed like if they had somehow been able to get him going and not in foul trouble in the first half, I feel like they would have won, no problem. But it's well, every every time it seems like Kentucky has taken the best shot from each one of these teams and just they punch you right back. I, it's just amazing how, you know, even the teams that were bigger than them inside, they somehow out-rebound them. I don't even know how, how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was also that, you know, those put back, you know, the all the different buckets that Michigan had to, you know, to stay with them, they were all to tie. Mm-hmm. It was never to take the lead. And that was, you know, what made it difficult when, you know, you have, you know, a last possession, shot clock off, Kentucky can wind it down and do what they want and hit that shot from an NBA range three. But you're absolutely right. And the the tough part is that this was a Kentucky team that was the preseason number one. Mm -hmm, This was a team that had a difficult year, but they're now putting it together. And it's looking like, you know, preseason picks for Final Four that had Kentucky in it. Well, they're right. And yeah, the the seeding was a little wonky this tournament. But, you know, they have Kentucky going up against Wisconsin. Who did have a challenging game against a very good Arizona and team? I believe Wisconsin's the only one to beat all the to to, to beat like most most of the other one seeds or mm-hmm. something like that. They yeah. beat three. They beat three one seeds. So yeah, it, they're a very good team. But with that, and then Florida and UConn on the other side of the bracket, as we make <sighs> the play, who wins the national championship? I'm going with Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I know that. I, I couldn't easily see an SEC matchup here, which would have been crazy if Michigan State and Michigan did win along with Wisconsin, if mm-hmm. three of the four Final Four teams were in the Big Ten. Like, that would have just blown my mind. And there were there were people here talking this day, you got to believe it, with, yeah, an all-Michigan match, uh, matchup in the finals could be happening. Yeah. And, we want to see uh, it happen. Minnesota won the NIT. They did. They did. Against um, SMU, who was the, the big snub. Exactly. <laughs> Rick Pitino with you know his, his I think it's his son who's you know coaching Minnesota. But you see Pitino behind him and like, you know, yelling out and almost giving assistance. That was a little strange to see. Almost uh, like a, a little league dad in a way. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing there? You yeah. should have won that game. You should have beat Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, right. Um <laughs> But I mean he, I like... he struggles against he's only beaten him once in the but past. But he had never lost in matchups. the sweet he had never lost in the sweet sixteen. I know when it matters he, he usually beats him, but yeah. I, I I just Kentucky just it seems like no matter what you do against them, they somehow come back. Yeah, and, and Florida is so very good, but at the same time this Kentucky team is right now on a whole other level when, you know, compared to when they've played Florida mm-hmm. in that 
SEC Championship game, Florida only won by one. And yes, Florida is 3-0 on the year against Kentucky. But can they really beat them four times in a year? Especially when Kentucky's turned it up. And this is you know not even saying that UConn could catch fire. Like Nobody thought they could beat Michigan State. You talk to all the experts, not only at the beginning of the year, but just looking at, you know, previewing the game. Like, oh, Michigan State has this. And then they get spooked somehow. They, you know, shoot threes that that's not their game. You know, uh, Connecticut closes off the inside in the paint. And Michigan State gets shocked. Yeah. So you don't know what's going to happen. It's an exciting Final Four. It's not one that a lot of people predicted, you know, unless you're in the Hartford area or you're part of Big Blue Nation. But you know, I'll I'll take Kentucky to win the national championship. The way they're playing, it's very impressive. Yeah. Um I mean I, I again I don't I don't think it'll be easy to beat Wisconsin. Um because easy. It's it's not it's not the Wisconsin of like the past five years. It's you know, they they used to slow the tempo tempo down a lot. Um, and they'd win games like, you know, 45 to 40. <laughs> um, it's all but, on Frank Comiskey this year though. Yeah. I mean, they're much more athletic. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think we, we, we definitely saw it and the, the way they just destroyed Baylor, like that game was over as soon as it started. Mm-hmm. Um, they just tore apart their zone defense. Um, and then, I mean, they handled probably the other best defensive team left in Arizona. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I don't think it'll be easy, but it just seems like the way that Kentucky's playing, it doesn't matter who they're playing, they somehow find some kind of weakness in that matchup and they take advantage of it. First I time really, that it's ever happened. I have no idea how in the world they're going to out-rebound Wisconsin because Wisconsin is huge. I mean, they're definitely the biggest team left, I think. Um, but I feel like somehow they're going to win. <laughs> like it just Because I've rooted way too hard against them throughout the entire <laughs> bracket for them not to win. Like yeah. I mean, they, they've gone through the toughest, toughest part of the brackets I, by far. Um, and so there's no reason that they can't beat Wisconsin. Yeah, first um, time ever that you know they've beaten three of the four previous Final Four. And on the other side, I think that I think it's going to be hilarious because I think UConn's going to beat Florida wow. again. Wow. And I mean, how awful would that be to have the kind of season that you're having and one team is one of the only, like what you've lost? Let's see. How many games would they have lost? Three games? If, that, yeah, if they lose? Yeah. You've first. lost three games, and two of them are to one team. They haven't lost since December. Yeah. Not only just, that, but it's the team of seniors that their three previous years, they all went to the Elite Eight, and they lost. There's yeah, the there's, first Final um, Four, and if they lose there, oh, they'd be It's heartbreak. much different than like you know those Florida teams many years back that had, you know, great NBA talent on yeah, the, Joe Kim the roster. Corey Brewer, these these yeah. are just like really experienced players and they, they play really well as a unit. And uh, I think it's one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen. Like they to win that Donovan, many games yeah. with, uh, you know, not the kind of 
five-star talent that we're used to seeing is just kind of impressive, which I think is kind of like the opposite of the Kentucky yeah. thing. I think that they've got like so much talent on their roster. Um, so, so then I have UConn playing Kentucky. But you still have Kentucky winning? No, I think UConn's going to win. Wow. wow. <laughs> because I think they're going to get to that game, and the, I just think that some of those young guys are going to – it's going to be too much for them because it, it – you know, the Final Four is one thing. You know, I've, I've been to the Final Four and everything, but the National Championship game is like – it's kind of just so much more pressure. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's uh, – I think right now – Currently, the best player is on UConn. I, I think that, and th- like the, I feel like he's going to lead them to the wow. national championship. They just be... had some kind of thing about like one player in particular, like just taking over and hmm. and running them through the tournament. It's happened two or three times. That's true, and it would be just one of those years with the bracket. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Uh, there is then the question. If Kentucky wins, mm-hmm. is it John Calipari's last year? Does mm-hmm. he go for NBA pastures? It'll be very interesting to see, but we'll have the tournament, and it's going to be a fun weekend. There's a lot of his players out there That's in the NBA. True. Yeah. Uh, that only spent one year in college. <laughs> right. <laughs> just like the lot of them. Who is it? Uh, is it Dickie V that just like really doesn't like him? There's some there's some like announcer in particular that talks about him all the time. I don't know. I don't think I've caught I, on to who that is. I think it is Dickie V because he talks about like the one and dones. Right, right, probably. It's like he's killing college basketball. I'm not gonna break out <laughs> that impression again, even though <laughs> I do enjoy doing so. But I heard I heard that it was the Dickie V that was mentioned on Show Me News. <laughs> He sure was. (laughs) So go listen to that one. Gosh, when was that brought up? Tony was talking about... Oh, man, I can't even remember. Uh, It's somewhere in that episode, episode 156. By the way, if your bracket's still intact, bravo. Kudos, yeah. It's it, it's also like the quality of the games in the first rounds this year, very impressive. Um, I believe that the first two days there were at least three overtime games each. It was a crazy, yes. Um, and that's I think the first time that or that's happened before, but not back to back, right? Uh, like that. So, um, you know, very close, a lot of close games in those first couple rounds, which a lot of times you don't see. Because Gosh, that, last, such a yeah. level of skill difference. Yeah, the last game with like you know trying to get like the sixteen and you know, like I, I can at least say that I can you know perfect first day, and it was the San Diego State New Mexico State game that went to overtime after just a crazy oh three point shot to tie. Was a, like there was, let's see, was I think on, they started fouling with. Was that the team? I can't remember. No, there was a team no, no, that no, started that fouling bad. with like a two minutes left in the game. That was, and the other team just missed so many foul shots, and they kept hitting three pointers, and they they cut it from like twelve points to one with like. I don't think it. Well, it may have I been that game, but there there was an was. there was another game where that happened. Oh man, I feel like maybe they were in the West. Maybe. Hmm. 
Gosh, now I'm looking through all of the. Yeah, yeah. I just I can't really. I think it was St. Louis. St. Louis won by. Yes, that's who yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, this ending is taking forever. And then I start. I looked up from what I was doing. I was like, what? It's a two point game. What in the world? Like they had this game won, and there were multiple times this year. Um, when you speak of the quality of the day games. Not just like impressive shots at the end, because it seemed like no matter what, if somebody shot a three pointer and they needed three points, they always it always went in. Even if it was someone who only shot three three pointers the whole year, he came in and he knocked it down. There were mistakes at the end of the games that cost teams the game. Mm-hmm. Michigan almost lost to Tennessee right. on one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, oh, who was the other team just recently? It was- Oh, yeah. I mean, the Tennessee game, like you're saying, Michigan almost choked so hard and, and an inbounds play. They just couldn't handle the pressure on the inbounds. One of their, their guards, Karis LeVert, steps out of bounds, you know, with with the, yeah, with the with Tennessee up by two. So Michigan needs – no, I'm sorry. It was Michigan. I think Michigan was up by two. And they, they step out of bounds, should have iced it away, just, you know, foul shots and all. Tennessee gets it back. And there's an offensive foul that some think it was a bit of a flop. I don't know. I'm just that was that was a hard. There, there to watch. was another. There was another game that something like that happened too. Was it Arizona and Wisconsin? Maybe. Where like it looked like it bounced off the other player, and they went back and there were there's a lot of reviews this year. There are the reviews changed the thing. That's what it was. There was a review, and it gave the possession back to them with like one second left in the game. But that they didn't get the shot off. In time yeah, and I've even disagreed time. with some of the reviews. Like I, they're trying like indisputable evidence. I think they need just better training because some of these are like, yeah, I think it's this way. The announcers think it's this way. And it's like, nope, the referees change. Like what? What the hell? But you know, as as the old adage goes, one shining moment, you reach for the sky. Man, that's what it's all comes down to, and you know they're gonna have that little montage at the national championship game. It's gonna be and, and can all we talk these about shots. How, how the the games are on True TV? Uh, well, they have been in past couple years as well. I mean, Is I like really, yeah, yeah, like the Final Four. Oh, not the Final Four. Yeah, the Final Four is on True TV. What? <laughs> I. I was trying to go and like look into the future on the the TV guide to like find out the times of the games and stuff, and I was like, I don't see it on CBS at all. No, they're they're on TBS. Are you sure? Yeah, that's what ESPN says. Oh, yeah, that'd be moronic if it's it were. That I looked the other day, and like for some reason I couldn't find it. Uh, it's been CBS and TBS, you know, in, in the bigger games. But I mean, I like what they have done compared to what they did in past years where they just decided who, where to jump to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, you know, pick your own game that you want to watch, have them all in full, you know, to have leverage TNT and true TV. Though. Yeah. True TV wasn't on, uh, wasn't on the hotel room TV package that I had when I was staying out in LA area ish. Um, and then like, I'm wondering like what to do. And then I have like the Xfinity go app, on my iPad, and so I pull up True TV there and watch it in bad resolution on hotel Wi-Fi. But yeah, I mean that was a uh, that was for the the San Diego State game there. Hmm. Um. Are you satisfied with what you've seen this year? I think it's been a good tournament. 
Yeah. I mean, I wish I were better at picking later games as opposed to the early ones, but it sure is the madness, and that's what's. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's like at a certain point, I just started rooting for all the lower seeds to win all the games because yeah, I think it's more entertaining that way. And in general, you usually see different teams get further, and that's what I like to see. I'm kind of I don't like to see Duke in the Final Four all the time. Like it's kind of you know. You just like Duke losing in the first round. <laughs> yes, it was pretty embarrassing for them. Yeah, you do. I, as somebody who, you know, when I went to the Final Four, we lost to Duke in the, the Final Four. I, right. I I think I always hold a little bit of something against them. <laughs> right. So, like Notre Dame. So. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, it'll be an interesting couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Until the next episode, we'll have... Start of NHL playoffs, start of NBA playoffs, and pretty soon, the draft. Oh my gosh. It's going to be exciting. So, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Take it easy.